This is episode 565 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. Today's article, Designing an SHTF Household, a List and Exploration of the Basics. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey everyone, this episode is sponsored by the HydroBlue VersaFlow water filter. Now the VersaFlow is one of the most versatile water filters currently made. Not only can you use it for your own personal water filter needs, but you can use it to create a family-sized water filter. Now, I've made it very easy for you. I've created a free video and a PDF tutorial that shows you how to easily turn the VersaFlow into a family-sized water filter. Now, right now, you can have this family-sized water filter for under $25. To watch the video, get the free PDF tutorial, and a code for 20% off of the VersaFlow, click the link in the show notes or visit PrepperWebsite.com forward slash VersaFlow. All right, guys, we did receive a five-star review and also... Uh, someone left a review on the podcast, on Apple Podcasts, and I just wanted to read it really quick. It comes from MPH Medic, and he says, I enjoy, or she says, I'm not 100% sure, but I enjoy your insights and perspective. Look forward to every new podcast. Thank you for all the personal time you spend putting the podcast together. I would trade two Mr. Rogers for just one of you, LOL. See you at the end of the journey. Hey, Mr. Rogers was a pretty good guy. A lot of people don't, you know, they think about, you know, the 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 PBS show and Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, but he really was a good guy. Did a lot of good stuff. So, man, that's uh, pretty awesome. Uh, I don't know about two of me or two Mr. Rogers for me, but I appreciate the sentiment. Thank you so much for leaving that review. Anytime a review is left, uh, whether it's a five-star review or someone takes the time to leave a little message, that just helps people find the podcast and I really do appreciate it a whole, whole lot. So thank you so much for leave, leaving that MPH medic. Uh, such, a, such a great blessing to always see those types of things come through. All right, so let's go ahead and jump into our article of the podcast. It comes to us from SamanthaBiggers.com. Samantha writes, and she started really writing a lot at Backdoor Survival. And then she's also started her own blog. So she's doing a lot of writing right now, but she has a lot of practical experience with her own homestead. They built their home from scratch and they did it a little bit at a time. And she homesteads, she has, uh, she grows her own grapes, makes her own uh, wine. She uh, has livestock. So, you know, someone who's really doing it out there, who has a lot of experience that she can share. She's been doing it for a while. So in this article that's titled Designing an SHTF Household, a list and exploration of the basics, I think it's one of those great articles to get us to focus on the things that maybe we kind of get off kilter, right? We start traveling down the preparedness road and then for whatever reason we might find ourselves, you know, taking some rabbit trail down the road and we get so caught up into all these other things and she's going to talk about basics that we need to be thinking about. So if you've been prepping for a while and you need to maybe go over the basics, this would be a great reminder. And if you are new, you are new to preparedness or you are new to the podcast, this will be a great starter on some of the things that we think about for preparedness and what that means. 
Now, you might find that it's not all the doomsday preppers waiting for, you know, the EMP and all that type of stuff. And, you know, uh, zombie bikers from Mars, <laughs> biker mice from Mars, whatever it might be. Um, you know, there's a lot of practicality in preparedness. So she's going to talk a lot about this and uh, things that we should be, get, you know, getting uh, ready for at least things that we should have in our mitts. And so I'll uh, break in a little bit as we go and just share some thoughts as we uh, as I read the article. But let's go ahead and jump in again, coming to us from SamanthaBiggers.com, designing an SHTF household, a list and exploration of the basics. I read and write a lot of articles about preparedness. This has led me to think about how to bring all this together to create a household that runs well during an SHTF scenario or long emergency. How does one go about planning out their home so that they can keep everyone fed, hydrated, clean, healthy, and entertained? This post explores the different areas of the household functions that need to be considered. While it is impossible to fit all possibilities and methods in a single article, I hope this overview helps you think about how to get all your emergency preps planned out so that you can maintain normality as much as possible. So first up is food. Strive for at least six months of food with a year being better. Be realistic about calories needed. Some food buckets and kits state that they contain so many calories per day. Consider that you will burn more calories if you have to do more physical labor. Kids need extra calories to grow and stay warm. If children have to do more physical work, they may need double what you might think. Do you plan on taking any relatives or taking in any relatives or friends? Does anyone that is going to be part of your group have food allergies or sensitivities? What recipes can you make with the food you have? Think about this now so you won't be at a loss when times get tough. All right, so, you know, she mentioned the thing about the, the food buckets, and I always go back to legacy foods. If you're in the market for food buckets, click the link in the show notes because if you go to legacy foods and you scroll down about halfway down the page, they have a comparison chart. So you, not only do you need to compare calories per bucket, right, but you also need to to compare the amount of those calories. And I like legacies, uh, you know, they have a little graphic there that kind of helps keep it in perspective. So I just wanna point that out uh, that you can click the link in the show notes and go there. So next up is cooking. How are you gonna cook that food? So a gas stove is nice because at least the stove will work with the power out. No matter what methods you prefer, you need to have a backup plan for cooking without electricity. I like the Camp Chef outdoor oven. I got one and then my husband's parents remodeled their house and borrowed it. They cooked on it for many months and loved it. So outdoor grills work well and if you have a few tanks of propane, you can cook without creating smoke for a long time. Basic camp stoves, learn how to make a rocket stove and purchase a tripod and cast iron pot for cooking over a fire. So all those options right there, you definitely need an option for cooking. Now, there is a link to the Camp Chef outdoor oven that she was talking about, and it is really nice. I don't know how big it is. I mean, they have uh, the measurements there uh, in relative to, I guess, you know, like a regular stove, but it looked really nice. Uh, and it wasn't very expensive when you really think about it. Next up, medical. An excellent medical kit and medicine cabinet is something you need to strive for if you want to be a well-prepared household. I always tell people that they are probably going to want to get a good base kit and then add a lot of things to it. It is hard to find a kit that has it all, and if you do, they are very expensive. If you build your kit a bit at a time, it is much easier to afford and customize your needs. 
Here are a few items I always notice missing from medical kits that I think should be in there. Blood stop powder or bandages, Benadryl liquid gels. These are these act faster than the tablets and they can make all the difference if you're having an allergy attack. You can also apply them topically for fasting relief. Steri strips or a way of closing a wound that is big enough to consider stitches. A lot of wounds can be held closed with steri strips. A small surgical kit and antibiotics in pill and ointment form. Personal medical needs must also be considered. Try to have an extra supply of medications and have a plan for what to do if they are not available. Some natural methods can at least offer some help. Then there's hygiene. Never make the mistake of thinking that hygiene is a minor issue. Sure, you need food, water, and shelter, but if you can't keep yourself moderately clean, you're creating an environment for disease and fungal infections to flourish. Just a few items can make a big difference. Here are a few thoughts on what to put back. Here are a few things I can think of. Wet wipes. I know you can't put enough back in a very long situation, but having a few back is nice and gives you cushion for times when water and soap are not available for various reasons. And guys, sometimes the issue with wet wipes are they are going to dry up, even if they are sealed up. But a little bit of water, creating a little bit of moisture can start to reactivate those. And so, uh, you know, you might want to play around with, if you have some that have dried up, play around with how much moisture you actually need to add to the package or at least add to, you know, one individual wet wipe to kind of get it reactivated. So next up is the feminine hygiene products. Now these are cheap now, but they will be difficult to get in a long term emergency. Guys, this is one of the things. So feminine hygiene products, a little bit later on, she's going to talk about diapers when it comes to babies, but those were some of the first and toilet paper were some of the first things that went in Venezuela. And so, I, you know, when you're looking at what's going on and you saw that slow spiral downward, uh, you saw these things that they were having trouble uh, keeping on their shelves. And then things started to really go downhill fast, right? So feminine hygiene products is one of those things that right now it's very cheap, but if you were really in a poop hit the fan situation, they would be hard to come by eventually. So next up is toothbrushes and toothpaste, of course, floss, antiseptic mouthwash, food and toenail care kits, soap, toilet paper. Now she puts here, don't go crazy taking up too much space with TP. You know how I feel about that. I, I, I'm going to store as much toilet paper as I can. I think it's very important. Again, it was one of the things in Venezuela. And I don't know about you. I've read articles like all these alternatives that you can use. And you know what? If I have to, I'll use an alternative. But if I can stock more toilet paper, I'm going to stock toilet paper. The issue always is, you know, storage space. That's going to be the deal. But I, I can tell you right now, I just put it in my garage and we just do just like you would have first in, first out when you're talking about your food storage. We kind of operate the same way there with toilet paper and I just stack it up in there and I've never, ever had a problem. And I'm in Houston where my garage can get, you know, 130, 140 degrees pretty easy during the summertime. So anyway, that's just uh, my two cents there. And uh, I, I say stock as much as you can because it would be important. If you don't have it, you know, right now you can always go to the grocery store and you can, or whatever and you can get it and, and order it. But, uh, you know, if you don't have it, you'd be like, man, I just wish I would have one more roll of toilet paper, right? All right. So uh, and then lastly here on this section in this section is uh, bidet bottles. They help to avoid some of the TP issues so it will last longer. And I do agree with that. 
All right, so next it would be water. A good source of water and filtration is critical to your survival and SHTF household. Without water, a lot of things become more difficult or impossible. How will you get water? What is the best main source you have? Will the water work if the electricity is off? Now remember that even if the water is running fine, bacteria and contamination can occur that requires you to have a way to purify your water. This is why municipalities sometimes issue boil water advisories. So water catchment. A rain barrel or two can be a very big help and make all the difference in an SHTF scenario. Untreated or filtered water that has no debris in it can be used uh, to flush toilets or water pets and livestock. For drinking, you can scoop water out and use a gravity filter such as the Hydro Blue or Lifestraw family. Big Berkey and similar can also be used to filter water from your catchment system. You know, one of the things that I imagine using and uh, just bear with me here. And I know I've mentioned it before, but let's say you have a, one of those big blue tarps, right? That you can buy pretty cheaply at uh, Harbor Freight or Walmart or wherever, right? You have one of these big blue tarps and you notice that it starts to sprinkle, it starts to rain. And so you and your family members, you need water. So you go out there and you deploy this big old, uh, this big old tarp and you have it, you have ropes that are already pre-measured to go and connect to your fence, right? And so you have this big blue tarp stretched out over your backyard and it is, you know, it's raining and then you have it to where it comes down to one point where you're able to drop all the water that has landed on that tarp into one bucket, whether that is a 55 gallon drum or whether that is smaller containers, you have this ability to catch all of this water all at one time. So it would, uh, you know, it would depend on everybody, you know, knowing that it's raining and then going out there and doing this. Uh, you wouldn't want to leave this up all the time because it'll get damaged and it'll be very, uh, you know, it, it'll be a very uh, important prep to have later on down the road. Now, of course, after it finishes raining and it dries up a little bit, you're going to roll that back up and you're going to bring it inside. You want to take care of it because that's a thing that can really save your hide, right? Um, if you think about a, a regular neighborhood where there's not a lot of water, if the, if the water pump stopped and the water tank in, you know, that you have in your neighborhood you know, was completely depleted, what would you do? So there's retention ponds possibly, there's things out there, but man, you're talking about a lot of runoff and a bunch of chemicals and a bunch of junk like that. And if you could just have this you know, really big tarp and put it out there, you can get a lot of water. Now you'd still have to filter it because who knows after time that tarp is gonna get a little dirty. You would still have to filter it, but it's gonna be a lot cleaner than if you if the water rained down your roof into some rain barrels and then you tried to drink that water. So anyway, that's just an idea that's always stuck in the back of my mind and that I would wanna deploy if I was in a real survival situation so that I could have drinking water. All right, so next up are springs, creeks, and rivers. If you have surface water on your property or nearby, it can be a great source, but you will want to make sure that you filter it well. If you're in an urban area or someplace with a lot of agricultural runoff, you will want to have a filter that will get rid of viruses. Not all filters are the same, so whatever one you choose, make sure you know what its limitations are. And guys, if I was drinking water from like a retention pond, where a bunch of things were going in there, I would mo probably more than likely, I, I don't know if a filter would be enough for me, uh, just a regular filter. I think I would want to distill that water. 
So I would have to put it in a, you know, in a distiller and make sure that I boiled off that water and, you know, boiled off all the contaminants and left those behind. So choosing the right water filter. The way I see it is that you should have one or more gravity filters for general household use. A lot of people like big Berkeys, but they are simply not large enough to accommodate a lot of households unless you get one of the really pricey and rather large models. You can also use a filter like a Hydro Blue VersaFlow or the Sawyer Mini in line with a water source such as a 55 gallon barrel if you have to. I also firmly believe that every person in a household should have their own personal water filter. A Sawyer Mini with a squeeze bag is under $25 and cheap insurance during a long-term SHTF situation. So the, the Sawyer Minis, you mentioned the Sawyer Minis and the Hydro Blue VersaFlow. The Hydro Blue VersaFlows actually come with two bags, two plastic bags already. And they also come with the equipment that you need to turn it into the family size water filter that I talked about at the very beginning of the podcast. So they already come that way if you are in the market for one of those. All right, so next up, the big thing, baby care. Now, birth certainly doesn't stop during an SHTF situation. Baby supplies will be in demand, so some people may put back sometimes for barter. If you have young kids or plan on having more, then baby care is something to consider. Choose versatile items to put back that can be used by babies of all ages. So what about baby formula? During a long-term SHTF scenario, baby formula is hard to get, and you have to be very careful about it being altered. There are people out there that think nothing of thinning down formula with whatever filler they can. And I would think that most people would have to nurse in in situations like this because you're just not able to get baby formula. All right, so a note on diapers. This is where she's talking about diapers here. Putting back a few boxes of disposable diapers in case of an emergency is a good idea, but sooner or later you are not going to be able to get them. It is not likely that you can put back enough unless you have a ton of storage space. Preppers need to get used to the idea of cloth diapers now. You can put these back six or 12 at a time. I will get into laundry issues related to this in the laundry section of this article. Then there's cleaning solutions. Now people are a bit particular about what they use to clean their homes. I can completely understand that. I'm going to make a few suggestions, but always remember to consider any sensitivities anyone in the house has. So first up is bleach. Even if you don't use it regularly or like it, there may come a time when bleach is needed. If you have to deal with anything too nasty or hazardous to your health. Now guys, remember, you want to get bleach, unscented bleach. You can use that in many different ways. But at the same time, you need to remember that bleach does have a shelf life. So one of the things that you can do is use pull shock to make bleach. And there are many articles. I've talked about that here on the podcast. You can come over to the podcast website and you can type in bleach and in the search uh, on the right-hand side, and you will find the podcast where I talked about that. There's also plenty of articles on Prepper website. So then there's Lysol or similar disinfectants. Sponges, get the good ones that last a long time. You can boil sponges to sanitize them. Also, there's a lot of people that use like vinegar. They make their own household uh, cleaners. There's ways of doing that. They would last a long time. You can buy the, the materials to keep on hand and then mix them as you need them. And with a little bit of essential oils, you can you know add those to give that clean disinfectant uh, smell. And, and also, you know, for the cleaning properties as well as it goes, uh, goes along with that, like orange and citrus and all those other different types. So one of the things you're going to need is laundry or clean clothes, right? So I've done laundry some weird ways over the years due to circumstances when Matt and I were building our house. I used the concrete mixer we bought to do laundry more than once. 
The amount of laundry you do will decrease during an emergency because you will make sure to wear your clothing longer. Make sure laundry soap is put back in a bucket for a long-term emergency. Here's a link to my article, Kirk's Laundry Detergent for SHTF. I have a little Wonder Wash hand-cranked washer for emergency laundry. It is a mere $50 and does the job. There are a lot of different hand laundry tools out there. So what about heat? If you rely on electricity for heat, then you definitely need a backup source. I love our electric furnace, but we also use wood heat because we live where there's a lot of trees. For us, wood heat costs very little, but it is nice to have a thermostat when we can't tend to fire or just need a little bit of heat. Here are some possibilities for backup heat and a few tips for staying warm. You can have propane or kerosene heaters, oil heaters, wood heat. You can sleep in a single room at night for warmth under extreme conditions, and you can keep lots of spare blankets on hand. Fleece blankets that are fairly nice are a mere $5. You can find some really nice blankets at secondhand stores. So remember that plenty of heaters require electricity even if they use something else as the main fuel source. All right, I was talking to someone who has a gas stove, but when the power went out, they weren't able to start it. And uh, I had to remind them. So the, the starter, the little clicker that you hear, um, it's not going to go off when it doesn't have electricity. It, it creates that little spark for you, right? So all you need to have is that lighter. And so that's, that's important. Some people just like, it's hard for them to understand, like, because they've never had to deal with that before. Maybe they've never dealt with the fact that, you know what, I, just, I can use a lighter and I can, I can do it because it's just, that's the way it's always been for them. So anyway, there you go on that. Next up is entertainment. Last week, we had a pretty long podcast episode on entertainment. If you haven't listened to that one, go back to listen to that one. This one here is going to cover some basics here. So while things may be tense and hard, there will be times when you need to have something to entertain yourself and the other people in your home. Make sure to consider the ages and abilities of everyone in the home. Here are a few basic ideas. Board games and playing cards. Coloring books, crayons, pencils, and markers for all ages. A few giant pads of paper for playing games or drawing. An e-reader, small tablets, and other low-drain devices. If you have some type of backup power or a way to keep AA batteries charged, then your options are not as limited during an emergency. So what about electricity? This is a big one, right? So having some backup power is nice during a short or long-term emergency. Being able to maintain a power source and keep it charged up is another issue entirely. Anyone can buy a small power center and keep it topped off via their 110 outlets or a 12-volt outlet in their car. To keep some power on hand long-term, you will need a solar panel or, if you live in a windy area, possible, possibly a turbine. Hydroelectric is neat, but a lot of people simply don't have the water flow required for such an endeavor. So how much power would you like to have? Do you just want enough to keep a few small things going and charge some AA batteries, or do you want to run a whole household as normally as possible? Do you want a backup system you can easily add on to over the years? And how portable does your backup power need to be? So all those are considerations. Then there's lighting. I wrote a previous post on some easy rechargeable lighting options that you may want to take a look at. So how much light do you need for everyone in your home? Do you have at least one good flashlight for each member of your household, plus a few for general use? How will you power your lights? Do you require outdoor lighting between structures? Consider how lights can draw attention when making this decision. And how many batteries do you have on hand and how are you going to keep them charged? Then there's communications. 
Walkie-talkies are a good way to communicate if you are within a reasonable range. Never believe what the radios say about how far they will reach. Terrain and all the objects in between you and the person you are trying to talk to have an impact on just how far away someone can be and still come in clear enough to understand. Some people also use notes, codes, and signals to communicate during an SHTF scenario. The important thing is to make sure everyone is on the same page and knows how to communicate well with everyone else in the group. Next up is bedding. Keeping bedding washed will be a lot more challenging during an SHTF situation. If you can avoid going to bed dirty, that can help keep sleeping areas more hygienic. Clean yourself up before bed if possible, and if you wear the same pajamas for a week just to sleep in, it is better than crawling into your bed in filthy clothing. Now, of course, if times are really bad, you may want to sleep in something where you can get up and react quickly. Putting bedding out on a line in the sunshine can help sanitize and refresh a bit if you have to watch how often you wash items. It is a good idea to have some cheap sheets or extra sheets just in case you have to burn some if someone is particularly ill. Then there's the topic of defense. While there are some basic concepts of defense, I cannot stress enough how much you need to hone your defense plan to your unique circumstances. Defense often comes down to the following. Situational awareness and observation, weapons including firearms, barriers, traps, your location in general and the exposure level to others, and road access. I discussed some defensive methods in greater detail in my previous post, Home Defense and Theft Prevention, Firearms, Dogs, Cameras, Natural Barriers, and Beyond During Good Times and SHTF. And then what about education? I think it is important for people to keep their minds sharp at all ages, but if you have kids, then they will need to be taught some things. During a real SHTF scenario, the emphasis is not going to be on education, but that doesn't mean kids should not be taught some things. Remember that public and private schools don't necessarily make the most use of time. A lot of kids switching to homeschool are surprised when they find that they can get the same amount of schoolwork done in a few hours that it takes all day to be taught in a traditional classroom. There are a lot of things taught in schools that kids really never use much as an adult. When was the last time you had to do advanced algebra in your daily job? Here are a few things to keep on hand for educational purposes. Lots of paper, pens and pencils, e-readers loaded with books. You can charge an e-reader with very little power. MP3s of educational books and the classics, and some music too. I did an article over at The Organic Prepper, How to Make an SHTF Music Box to Lift Your Spirits During Dark Times. That can help you get started. And guys, I did write an article, or not an article, a small ebook early on, uh, Education After the Collapse. And in it, I talk about some basics. Uh, there is a fictional, uh, you know, a fictional chapter there, just kind of get you thinking about how something like that could happen. And then you have, it goes into some basics of education, like teaching kids how to read and some basic math and different things like that. That's over at edthatmatters.com. And if you scroll all the way down to the bottom, there is a link on the, the bottom footer that will take you to a place where you can download that for free. So the next topic is faith and spirituality. If you are a person of faith or a very spiritual person, then you should consider how you and your family will take care of these needs during a long emergency. If you attend weekly services or have your own rituals, it is a good idea to try to keep this routine up at home. This can help ground you and those around you by maintaining a better level of normality. People of faith are often able to maintain a better level of morale and strength if they don't give up on it due to hard times. 
put back a few supplies to practice your faith, whatever it may be. You know, back in the day, let me just, I'll just cover this really, really quickly. I'm listening to Mark Goodwin's second book, finally, on uh, The Locust, right? So if you haven't read that one or you're not listening to it, uh, you know, definitely it's one of those that you should look into. But one of the things is there is a man who, he's not even a pastor, but he starts to function as a pastor because there's really nobody else around there. And so that could be a situation. You know, back in the day, people were just a little bit, had a little bit more uh, biblical understanding and, and they just they went to Sunday school and they had, you know, those types of materials. We don't focus so much on that stuff anymore. So if it came down to, you know, uh, a real true situation where people, you know, needed to be reminded of their faith and needed to be encouraged. And, you know, people need to open up their Bible and be able to read it and be able to share, you know, a, a positive message, a message that would be inspiring that, you know, it's like, hey, how do we keep our faith strong in the Lord? You know, that type of stuff would be very necessary. And I know a lot of you that are listening are believers and are Christians. And so, you know, that's one of those things. If you are not, uh, think about, you know, if you were in a situation like that, would you be able to open up the Bible and pray, read, and then be able to deliver uh, a short message that would inspire your family or inspire your neighbors even, you know, if you were in a situation like that? So uh, anyway, just thought I'd throw that out there because that's one of the things that comes up in, in Mark's book as I'm, as I'm listening to that one. And then, you know, it came up here on this article. So next up, of course, is mental health needs. If you take medication for mental health issues, then I recommend keeping an extra month of medication or more if you are allowed to. I also encourage you to look into natural alternatives and treatments in case you or someone in your household cannot get medication during a long-term SHTF scenario. Guys, if you are on medicine, just let me say this really quickly. If you're on medicine and you were to come off of it, there's a lot of medicines that doctors taper you off of, right? And so if you are in a situation where you know you're not going to be able to refill your medicine, it might be advantageous to know how to taper yourself off because sometimes just coming, uh, you know, going cold turkey off of something, some some of these medicines that, that people are taking could be harmful, more harmful than good. So maybe you need to learn how to taper yourself off. And then also find natural ways that you can, you know, natural herbs and things that you can do. A lot of times they're not going to be direct replacements for medication for big pharma that you're, you know, that you're taking, but they will help and they can kind of curb and, and uh, you know, do some of the, uh, take care of some of the issues that you're, that you're feeling. One of the things is a lot of people are going to be more active and people are going to be losing weight. And sometimes when you're losing weight and you're more active, uh, you don't need as much medicine. So maybe herbal supplements and herbal remedies and teas would help. Again, I'm not a doctor or anything like that, but if you were in a true situation like that, like they're facing in Venezuela where they can't even get regular like Tylenol and Advil in the hospitals, just think about, you know, what would you do there? That might be something to, to look into. And then the next up is vices, right? A lot of vices will be in high demand during SHTF. People tend to drink more during hard times. I don't think there's going to be, just side note, I don't think there's going to be a, a real lack of uh, you know, drinking and alcohol, I think people will go back to making moonshine and different things like that, or at least not a lot of people, but people will figure out how to do that, right? So uh, continuing on here, if you like to have a glass of wine or liquor 
or a liquor drink here and there, then you should put some back, put some booze back. A vice doesn't have to be mood altering substance either. Maybe you like to have a bar of chocolate on occasion. A vice is an indulgence that gives a sense of normalcy during SHTF. You have to be careful with vices, but you should still plan for them since they can be a welcome comfort. Also, consider how to handle it when people in your house run out of vices. Hopefully, it doesn't cause a lot of trouble, but it is better to plan how to deal with those now than to be overwhelmed later. So something like smoking, you know, that might be one of those things or someone who doesn't have any more tobacco to to dip or to smoke would be coming off of that and would be very edgy. And one of the things you mentioned candy bars here, but one of the things people talk about stocking up is is hard candy. You know, that lasts for a long time. And if you, you know, uh, you've been going for a while and you get a, a piece of hard candy, that can really help boost morale. Then there's tools and household repair. During a long emergency, there will be a lot of instances where things will need to be repaired. Everyone should at least have a basic household toolkit. A small battery-powered drill is also nice to have for basic household needs, and it is easy to keep them charged even if you just have a little bit of power. You know, one of the things I was thinking about the other day, and I guess I've been talking a lot about hurricanes and, and you know, thinking about those uh, recently, but if we were in an SHTF scenario, where for whatever reason, right, just you can just imagine, that doesn't mean that we still wouldn't have big like weather issues. So we would still have blizzards. So think about the grid going down, right? Let's just use that for example. We would still have hurricanes. We will still have tornadoes. We will still have blizzards. We will still have flooding. We will st- still have all of that other stuff, right? And so it is like emergencies on top of emergencies, right? SHTF on top of SHTF. And so that's just something to consider there. I, I don't know why my mind went there the other day. It's just that, you know, weather is not going to stop because we are, you know, off the grid or whatever an emergency happens. And uh, for us living like close to the Gulf, that's one of those things to, to think about. So then having materials and having tools, especially hand tools, would become very valuable in situations like that. And I think about like my neighbor when her tree fell, now, her son came over with, uh, you know, with a chainsaw and very quickly started chopping it up and was able to get, you know, get the, the tree off of her yard. But and it was a pretty big tree. But think about if you didn't have that availability, you're using, you know, uh, everybody in the neighborhood would be coming out. And a lot of people had this issue. So people would be coming out with axes and hatchets and all this kind of stuff to be able to chop up this wood. The good thing is we probably would save it so that we could cook. But at the same time, it would be something that, you know, a lot of people would have to deal with or it would just stay there. But I think hers was, if I remember correctly, blocking the road partially. And so the city and the county will come in and clear it off of the road. But then for the for the most part, it's what's on your property is your your part. And so during a, a true SHTF situation, the county wouldn't be coming and, you know, clearing up the road. It would just be there. So people would have to be responsible for that. And the next topic is clothing. The climate you live in is the most major factor in planning out what you need for a long-term situation. If you can make do with lightweight clothing due to living in a warm place, that is great. But a lot of us live in places with very distinctive seasons. Where Matt and I live, it can get down to minus 10 degrees Fahrenheit, with the record being minus 20 degrees. But in the summer, it stays in the 80s and hits the high 90s some years. We keep a lot of clothing that is easy to layer and some additional very cold weather gear that only gets used a handful of times per year. 
Here are a few things to keep in mind when planning out your SHTF wardrobe. Include a few adjustable belts. During a long situation, people will lose weight and get into better shape. Some smaller people may have to wear pants that are too large for a while. Put back items that a lot of people can wear of different sizes. Packs of cheap t-shirts and socks are good examples. Kids can use adult t-shirts for sleepwear, for example, and athletic socks are made to accommodate a lot of sizes. Inexpensive knit caps and ball caps, and then gloves. When in doubt, get a few different sizes. So Todd at the Prepper website did a podcast of my articles on clothing for SHTF if you are interested in more details on clothing to put back. So she has a link here to my podcast. All right, so next up is pet and livestock feed. Remember to plan for your dogs, cats, and any livestock. You may have to get rid of or butcher off a lot of your stock if you don't have food to feed them. Dogs and cats are easy to plan for. Fill heavy-duty plastic storage bins or barrels with pet food, a little diatomaceous earth, and a few moisture absorbers. There is some freeze-dried dog food that may be an option for the owners of smaller dogs that don't have a lot of space. They are not economical for those of us with really big dogs. So livestock feed may not be a problem for you if you keep a lot of hay in the barn. Grains to feed stock may be hard or impossible to get though, so having a few barrels full of grain can help you have something to feed your chickens for a while. So do you have anything to add or planning an SHTF household? Do you think about how to bring all your preps together to create a functional life during a long emergency? Well guys, that's it for this article. There are a lot of links that you can link to. So if there was a topic that you might be interested in, you can come over to this article and maybe click click over to this to the other articles to get a lot more information on you know specific things that were talked about here but a lot of good information just to kind of get us thinking like i i mentioned before now guys like always i'm going to link to this article from samanthabiggers.com i'm going to link to it in the show notes so you can easily go over there and you can read it for yourself there samantha has a lot of other articles that are well worth reading and of course we will be reading them on the podcast from time to time as uh, as she continues to put out articles on her uh, website as well as backdoor survival so welcome you to go check those out and at some point i know i'm gonna i need to interview samantha we're gonna do an interview and i'll be able to share that out as well on the podcast well everyone that is it for episode 565 hey don't forget to subscribe to the show you can head on over to the prepper website podcast.com And that way you never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. And take a moment to connect with me. I have a link in the show notes so you can join the Prepper website email list. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government, grid, or the grind. Until tomorrow, stay prepped and aware. Peace.